What's up, Bulls fans? This is uh, Adam Cartwright here with Matthew Giardino, and we are with Bruin and McEwen, and we're going to talk to you today about the uh, weekend games. Uh, got our first week of college baseball under our belts, and so we're going to kind of look at our two games. Unfortunately, Florida being Florida only gave us two instead of three, but uh, again, we got we got a small sample size to look at. We're also going to look at some other uh, big stories going around the, uh, the conference as uh, we kind of Again, got our first taste of baseball. Uh, like I said, I'm here with my co-host, Matt. Matt, how are you doing today, bud? Doing good, doing good. Excited about uh, some things that we saw with the Bulls this weekend and uh, excited to get going on the show. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, let's get right into it. So we had UConn on Friday night, and I know both of us were there in attendance. And, I mean, the first thing I want to say is props to uh, everyone Friday night because the red was packed. Uh, it was. I happened to be a little bit late, uh, trying to get the family gathered up, and, and and out there was a little little tough. So we were we actually didn't get there till about maybe the top of the second, and it was tough to find a seat. Uh, and so it was it was good to see the, a a big crowd there on opening night. And I thought it was actually a really good baseball game. It ended up being two one, so you didn't get the the runs in it, but I thought there was a lot of excitement within it. Uh, I thought we pitched really well. Uh, Mink gave us five really strong innings, which uh, I think we all would have thought that was great. Uh, I think looking back on what I said in previous post, uh, podcasts, I think Coach Mole was able to keep to his pitching script. I think he wanted to get a, a solid five, and he got that. We got we got a solid relief out of uh, his brother, uh, Tanner Mink, and then uh, Dorsey as well. Uh, that's kind of my initial thoughts on it. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, just uh, you know, one thing that I've been harping on for – a lot of the podcasts that we did leading up to the season was the the factor of can our pitching staff regain the control that they had uh, in the year that we had the super regional run. And, you know, looking at that UConn game, you know, we were off to a really good start. We had 10 strikeouts, only two walks. Anytime that you can do that, um, you know, you're, you're typically going to keep the other offense down uh, for the game. Absolutely. Yeah. I thought, uh, you know, very good uh, overall on the control. I think you do, however, look at the difference in the game being a hitter that was in an 0-2 or at least a two-strike count and ended up being hit. We end up having another throw and error that gets in the second. That ends up being the, you know, the, the just two little small costly mistakes that happen. And that sometimes that's just the life of being a Friday night starter because you're getting a really good start on the other side. And so it can be really minute details that end up being make or break but again it was a really strong opening night I thought um offensively really didn't get things going all weekend and that kind of started with with UConn but I thought there was some really good positives that we could take from it uh the first one being uh the obvious I thought Bobby Bozer hit an absolute tank shot uh to right field and ended up uh, from my vantage point coming down on top of the scoreboard and for a right-handed hitter going opposite field that is an absolute blast um yeah. I, that's all you can yeah. say, right? I mean, yeah, and you know, overall, there was a couple pretty well struck balls that in that game as well. You know, Drew hit one opposite field that, you know, if the wind wasn't blowing in, that probably would have gone out 80, 80 or 90 percent of the time. Um, that ball would have been out of here, and uh, even Raffi barreled one up. We all thought that one was gone. Uh, the ballpark kept it in the building as well. Uh, but overall, you know, we, we had some good contact this weekend. I, I think the law of averages will, will come back around to, you know, be in our favor in the upcoming uh, games that we're going to be playing. 
Absolutely. And I think that kind of carries over us into our, our game that we had this afternoon as we're recording on a Monday night. Um, it's kind of the same kind of story. We had a really, really strong pitching performances, uh, you know, some small kind of shaky moments, but kind of battled out of it. Uh, you know, the, the, they seem to compound on themselves, which led to the five runs. Uh, but the offensive story, I seem, I thought was the same. You know, we had a lot of really good contact. It's just we weren't really finding a way to to, to make it all happen. You know, we, I heard the, the the commentator say it a lot of times, you know, to get them on, get them over, get them in. We just really weren't capitalizing when we did get those opportunities. And obviously we, we weren't getting enough. We would expect us to hit better than we hit uh, in, the, in the two games that we saw. But uh, generally yeah. for this afternoon, what were you thinking? Yeah, I, I think – We've done generally a pretty good job of putting the ball in play today. We only had eight strikeouts, which, you know, in college, that's really not too bad um, overall. You know, as someone that's kind of stood out to me pretty early on is Rafi Bettencourt. You know, he hit, got a base hit yesterday. He had a one that barely missed uh, being a home run today. Uh, he had a double, but he's really barreled up a couple of balls. And, you know, he looks like he's, He's getting into uh, midseason form, and we're only in the first weekend of the series of the of the season. Absolutely, and it, like you said, he barreled that one up the center in the in the Friday night game. But the ballpark just kind of held it up and kept it in. I, I was up on my feet for that one, and then he got the double again. So we're, I think uh, you were talking about in one of the previous podcasts about him finding that power stroke, and I think he might be finding that here. We've seen it. Uh, we've seen it early. Um, and even some guys that aren't having great success, you know, like, uh, you know, Bozer was, was 0 for 3, I think, today, and he maybe had a rough day, but he's really hit some balls hard. And so you're just, you're seeing a lot of positives in it. Uh, and so it's really, it feels really good when we're getting the pitching side of it, because that's kind of what we were really looking to see is, did we have the pitching to back it up? And I think we're all pretty confident that the offense is going to come around. Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, in terms of the pitching as well, I, I think one thing, you know, you mentioned earlier the that bat where, uh, you know, we hit a, a batter with the 0-2 count. Um, today we also hit a couple of base runners or a, a couple of batters as well. And, uh, you know, that's something that I'll be keeping an eye out for. And, you know, I, I really would like to see that be minimized as we continue on with the season. But um, just a small thing in, in terms of uh, on the pitching side of things. Yeah, those are tough. I, I remember that because I remember saying when it happened and I saw it, it was really just a curveball that he, he really didn't get on top of. Uh, and so it just kind of came out a little high out of his hand. And then, you know, sometimes when it comes out on that trajectory, there's really there's not a, a spin rate possible that's going to get it to break back down. Um, and it just didn't. And it got the guy. Uh, I'm sure that's, that's a pitch he wanted back. I'm sure it, it's a pitch we saw him throw a lot better that night. He was actually working very uh, – Hunter Mingzettis was working very well low, which kind of compounded on the fact that I thought Joaquin Monquet caught a really good game because he was in the dirt a lot trying to block up. Uh, a lot of swing and misses during those, and so uh, we didn't have any pass balls, and so that was great. Um, another pitching performance I wanted to point out was we got two uh, strong relief performances from Chandler Dorsey. He came in and gave us two innings on Friday night and then turned around and gave us another inning today. Uh, shutout baseball. And so that's that's a piece that we're going to need. Uh, we That's a piece we had talked about early coming out, uh, being out of, out of our bullpen that we were looking for. And so that was good to see two strong performances out of him. Yeah, and uh, also watching the game today, two guys that, you know, they made their USF Bulls debut, uh, Aiden Longoria and Peyton Jula. Both of those guys, they looked really good. Um, 
you know, Aiden Longoria, he gave up, uh, you know, he only had one bad pitch. He gave up a solo shot. But aside from that, he struck out the first batter that he faced and he struck out the last batter that he faced. Really good live arm that he has. And he has some really solid stuff. Uh, really excited to see him. And, you know, as a freshman, I, I think uh, he can make an impact uh, as we continue on with the season. And then uh, with Peyton Jula, unfortunately, at the time I was I was working, um, so I, I couldn't see him uh, pitch, but overall his stat line was really clean. No hits, no walks, got a strikeout in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They were, like I said, him and Dorsey gave us really strong uh, performances that stand out. That's, that's really awesome to see. Um, do you have any other final notes from the, from the weekend games? I, I, I know I do want to talk about uh, what you thought about defensively, the, the alignments. Uh, that we saw, I think we had a question about how that was going to shake out. We actually saw two. I mean, he kept the same one for both games, and so that was that was interesting as well. Yeah, I think uh, just wrapping up uh, a little bit on the pitching side of things, okay. we topped yesterday's performance. Uh, we had 10 strikeouts and two walks. Uh, not yesterday, but rather on the Friday game, we had 10 strikeouts and two walks. Today, we had 11 strikeouts and only one walk. So for the weekend, 21 total strikeouts, only three walks. That's exactly, Fantastic. you know, that's exactly what we want to see. If we can, if we can keep up the pace of seven strikeouts to a one walk uh, throughout the season, we're we're going to be in for a treat. Absolutely, absolutely. That was that was really good to see. And you know, just just because you brought up the strikeouts, I'm looking at it from the other side. When you looked at it from top to bottom, I don't know that we struggled with strikeouts as much as maybe just a couple players in our lineups maybe had some bad nights. Uh, but top to bottom, you know, the strikeout I thought on both sides was was really good for us. Like you said, we got a lot, and I think we minimized it as best we could on the other side. Even though Friday night, I thought we were facing a really good pitcher in, in Garrett Coe. Um, yeah, and that and that's the thing too. It's like early on, especially in these, uh, you know, we got four team tournaments. We got you know some of the the best pitchers in the country coming in uh, that we're facing. So it'll be interesting to see you know as we uh, we start to face you know conference competition when we start to play maybe some less renowned schools in in terms of their uh overall past history what what type of damage we could do on the offensive end absolutely and i think that was a great point you just kind of alluded to is that we talked about it coming into this tournament that we were bringing in some really good teams and so we were going to get some really stiff competition right off the bat uh and so you know you knew that that being being over two or you know two and one, and you only got the two games. You knew that was a that was an opportunity uh, from the out you know from the gate, uh, and so you know it is what it is. You bring in good teams, you get stiff competition. Uh, again, I don't think we were dominated in either of the two games. I think we we played very well. Uh, again, we could look at these two losses, and they could be two losses to tournament teams at the end when it's all said and done. So uh, UConn could be ranked here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, no doubt. And uh I think Indiana State they uh they swept the tournament, so they're they're looking pretty good too. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh and then I just, just want to mention one thing. I alluded to the defense. We uh we ended up with uh John Montez at first base. I think that's maybe the first time we've seen him at first base. Am I wrong on that? No, that's that that is the first time he's played first for first us. time. I thought he was I thought he was great. I thought he did very well at first base. I thought he uh, on 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 Matt Rose's throwing error. I thought he might have got the tag again. I had a bad angle on it, but uh, I thought he might have stole that out for us. But uh, he did. Um, Bobby Bozer at second base is so athletic; it's it's not even funny. And he made two really good plays on Friday night that showed that. 
Um, you know, Eric Snow is Eric Snow. I I, I do want to say though, he he did field one ground ball Friday night deep in the hole at shortstop, and he was moving away and just kind of had to do that plant and throw. And usually you're thinking maybe that throw is gonna gonna be a, a one or two hopper. He's just gonna kind of get it over there, and it was an absolute seed. And I did not I did not see that type of arm strength out of him. Uh, but it, it was it was a very very solid throw. Um, and then you know Matt Rose at third base, he did have the one throwing error, but uh, I thought he played okay. He had that ball kind of go over his head. You can't really you can't really do much about your genes. You know you're as tall as you are. Uh, Maybe could have played a little little farther back. That's just something he's going to have to gauge. I, I'm sure third base might be a little new to him. You know, he might have been a middle infielder for most of his life, and so he's still kind of kind of picking up those instincts at third base. You know, I, I, not too sure on that, but it just that's the feel I got. Um, but I really thought, you know, defensively we were pretty good. Yeah, definitely, and I I think uh, you know as the season progresses, coach will will figure out you know what positions he wants guys at, what what positions you know, the guys are most comfortable at. Obviously, you know, in the two games we, we did have two or uh three errors rather and they they ended up leading to three unearned runs. Okay. Um which, you know, going forward, you know, it's something that I think will get solved as we get more comfortable in the positions that we're playing and also that, you know, Coach Mole kind of figures out where he wants to play his guys as well in the field because a lot of our guys they have so much uh, diverse skill sets that so they could play multiple positions any given night. I think just finding the right mix, um, you know, really to to optimize the best uh, group of guys out there in the field. Yeah, that's very true. It's very true. I think uh, we're definitely going to see a, a, a different lineup, you know, sooner rather than later. Of course, we're going to get that four game set coming up. You know, you got double header on Saturday. We're probably going to get to see how things will shift around and maybe maybe see how it goes from there. But um, yeah, you have any final thoughts from the weekend's game before we maybe look on to the rest of the conference? I think uh, let's move on to the next part. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, on Friday night, uh, if you were paying, a, if you were on social media and, and you are in any part following college baseball or really sports in general, because I'm pretty sure it was all over ESPN as well, you would have saw a story coming out of ECU uh, about a young man named Parker Burr who was in an unfortunate accident, I believe, in 2019. Did you? I think it was even more recent than that. Even more I believe recent it was than in, I believe it was in 2022. In 2022, yeah, he was in an unfortunate boating accident. It did lead to the uh, the amputation of one of his legs. And um, of course, when something like that happens to you, you have to, you know, and you're a baseball player, you know, I think the first thing that comes to your mind is is, is my is my career over. And uh, obviously, those those thoughts didn't affect Parker too much because he really worked hard and he uh, he had an at bat. Uh, he came back to the team. He he actually drew a walk, and so uh, it, was, it was a successful story. It was a great story. Uh, really, really interesting to see and watch. And you just really kind of hope he can build on that and kind of get some more at bats and, and keep going. But Matt, did you see that? What do you think? Yeah, definitely. And I I think uh you know I, I want to give a, sh- a shout out to ECU Jungle, our friends over there. Uh, they support the ECU baseball team and. They really did a great job of rallying the fan base around Parker Bird and also uh, just the fan base in general has been awesome just with, you know, donations and supporting Parker and his journey to getting back onto the field. I think it's really one of the most beautiful things about baseball and sports in general is 
you know, the community and, and the support that is grown throughout the platform. Um, but it's really is something unbelievable to see him out there. And, you know, personally being uh, with a disability myself, you know, he's an inspiration to me uh, and inspiration to anyone that has adversity in their life, but uh, really exciting to, to see him out there and also to continue to see his growth as he uh, continues on his career at ECU. Absolutely. You know, shout out to coach uh, Cliff Goodwin with ECU for sticking behind him, staying with him. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he gave him some encouragement through the process and, and keeping with the opportunity when, uh, you know, I'm sure he had every reasons to maybe not, you know, roster space, scholarship spaces, stuff like that. Uh, but he didn't. Uh, he stuck with him. So really, really just a just top notch program. And like you said, uh, just an interesting story to see. And uh, I even saw on Twitter, I don't know if you remember uh, Paul Abbott. Uh, he uh, used to pitch with uh, one hand. It's actually it's it's so cool to watch. He would he would throw. That's incredible, you know, yeah. He would you know he'd have it resting and then he would kind of throw and he actually won a Gold Glove. So I mean, <laughs> not not hindered uh, at all. Uh, I believe he also threw a no hitter as well. I'm probably gonna get community noted on that, but uh, let me know. <laughs> but yeah, and uh, you know even during fall ball and and even the spring ball here. Uh, leading up to this series, I, I saw some clips of Parker getting into some scrimmages and got a few hits as well. So, you know, he, he's definitely not letting uh, his disability get in his way. And, you know, he's he's really making a lot of progress, too, in his recovery. That is awesome. And we do wish him all the best um, as he continues with his baseball career. Uh, but looking at ECU's weekend overall, they swept Ryder, which I don't know that that surprises really anybody. Um, and I think they did it in pretty dominant fashion. I didn't see all three of their scores, but as I was checking, it was usually seven to nothing, eight nothing. Um, I know they got a really good game. I believe it was on Saturday from uh, who we talked about in our preseason opener with uh, uh, Jacob Starling. And Starling, he had a home run. Uh, another guy was uh, Jenkins Cowart. It's an outfielder for them. It's another name you're going to hear when they start talking about player of the year uh, competitions. He, um, he had another really big game. Got at least under one home run. Uh, any, any, anything? Did you ever did you get to see any of ECU's weekend? I didn't get to watch too much of their uh, their uh, their series, but I did see. I think they uh, cumulative score was you know by uh, sixteen to two if I if I remember correctly. But uh, our friends at ECU Jungle, they every time they get a sweep, they tape uh brooms onto the light pole in the in the jungle which is their their outfield area okay. um but uh i know they did they definitely dominated that's for sure <laughs> absolutely uh and you know just looking around the other games in the conference i know we had charlotte took on virginia tech so that's a power five matchup that we wanted as a conference outlook you know we want to look good uh, unfortunately they, they dropped two out of the three and, and and really didn't look all that great in the first two uh, they struggle to kind of find their offense, but hey, we we know what it's like to struggle to find your offense early. Uh, they found it on Sunday a little bit there, uh, but again, you, I, I talked about they lost Cam Fisher. That's that's your guy. You know, it's thirty home runs. That's a hard. You know, you got to kind of figure that out again. And so they could still be a really strong team. Uh, I think biggest win for the conference all weekend was probably FAU going down. Uh, and they and they took one from from Vanderbilt, um, and they really Vanderbilt needed three runs in the bottom of the ninth to 
to beat them on Friday night. So they were very close from taking two or three from Vanderbilt, uh, which would have been a huge boost for the conference um, overall. But uh, any any stories you saw from, from around the conference? Uh, yeah, I mean, with the FAU taking that game in Vanderbilt, they look like a, a good team this year. And uh, even after uh, losing some good talent last year, it seems like they've rebuilt pretty well. Um, but, yeah, overall, I, I think uh, Tulane is, is struggling a little bit, but I, I do think that they got – I think they got it together and ended up winning a game. Um, they, they did. I actually watched that game on Sunday, and I'm going to tell you something about they, – they, they fell behind early. Uh, by five runs, they were down five to nothing. Uh, I believe till about the the fourth or fifth. So I mean, it it, it was kind of getting where it was a little bit crunch time to get something going. And then they didn't panic though, and and they didn't try to get it all back in one. They they just like we talk about what we're trying to do. They got them on, they got them over, and they got them in. I think they scored uh, four of their first five runs by sack flies, you know. So uh, and they just kind of did it. And then by the time we were in the ninth, they were winning. You know, so it was it was good to watch. It's something to to keep in mind that maybe Tulane's never really out of it. Um, I did get this. I did get to see Teo Banks, who we talked about in our preseason uh, preview, as being a player of the year, and he looks he looks the part. He, he um, I don't know if he got a hit in that game. I know they walked him uh, in in a time that was pretty big. They they didn't give him an opportunity, and uh, the Tulane ran themselves out of an inning. It was going to be. It could have been a huge inning, and they kind of ran themselves out of it with with Banks in the on deck circle, and it was like, oh, how are you going to, you know? And then he comes up the next, you know, he comes up the next inning, and I mean, tears the cover off the baseball, but happens to go right at somebody. But again, he really looks the part. Uh, but it was just the resiliency of that Tulane team that was something to keep in mind when we when we play them. They might not ever really be out of it. Yeah, and uh, one other thing too is. Uh... You know, with Wichita State, they they won two out of three against Arkansas Little Rock. Um, they did it in pretty dominant fashion, similar to ECU, but obviously ECU got the sweep. Um, you know, Arkansas uh, Little Rock, uh, or rather Wichita State, they won eighteen to five on Friday. Then they ended up winning fourteen nothing on a Saturday game, and then they lost a, a close one on Sunday, five to four. Uh, but those those Sunday games are they're always a toss up. They are, and that's and that's kind of when you you know that when you look at Charlotte, you know you think they 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 got it together on Sunday. You're just you're really hoping it was them getting it together and not Virginia Tech maybe letting it go. Um, but again, I I would like to think they were maybe figuring it out a little bit. Again, we we really want these our conference uh, teams to look strong in these out of conference schedules because uh, if they don't, you know it's. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to take a pro wrestling reference here, but I used to hear people talk about, like, you never want to talk bad about your opponent, right? You got to build them up because if you, you don't build them up and you're not beating anybody. So, and that's kind of yeah, what no. it is in, in college baseball, no. sorry, in college basketball. If, you're, if your conference is down, you know, it's really hard to get into these tournaments when only one team's going and you better win the tournament, you know? Yeah, I was going to emphasize that too, just the overall conference RPI. Uh, we want that to be as as strong as possible, especially going into conference play. And you know, one thing is with uh, this new AAC is we actually get into conference play a little bit earlier than we previously did as well. So, um, especially these these early games, they're important. The AAC needs to 
be able to stack as many wins as possible going into conference play. Absolutely, and you, and you really like to see how many of, of our conference, uh, you know, conference teams went out and, and played really big opponents. You know, we went out and got UConn, Louisville, Indiana State. FAU went and took a, a three-game set against Bandy. Uh, Rice went and went and played uh, Notre Dame. I think they got swept, but I think two of those games were, were, were competitive. Um, uh, I believe um, they were winning maybe the Friday night game late until it got away. Uh, so you like to see him go out and play those games. You'd like to see us win a few more, but I think maybe as we get going, it's, it's going to get a little better. Definitely. All right. I think that's that's what we got. Do you have any closing uh closing remarks for the weekend? No, I'm I'm really excited to uh see the offense get going. Uh, you know, another strong follow up performance for Hunter and uh Jack and you know, we finally get to see the, the long anticipated uh uh debut of Dominic Madonna as well. Uh, that should be really exciting. Yeah, actually, one final thing. Do you have a player of the weekend? Who, who stood out to you the most this weekend? I would say for me, it would probably be – it's a tough one, especially on, on the pitching side of things. But uh, I think Chandler Dorsey uh, kind of gets the nod for me uh, in terms of player of the week. Yeah, that's actually that's actually where I was going to go to just because I thought it, it's a piece that we need. Uh, he, he, you know, he could end up being the closer. Uh I think he played that role on Friday night, even though it was in a, in a loss. He kind of he took that ninth, and so he, again, you don't know how it is when when it's flipped and you're trying to save a game versus coming into a loss. But again, we're gonna he's somebody we're gonna need, and I thought he looked really really good. Yeah, he he, he just looked honestly dominant. He was throwing living ninety five, ninety six, touch ninety seven on the gun. Um, you know, he kind of. In terms of velocity, picked up where he left off last year, and you know it seems like he's gotten a little a little extra edge that you know maybe he didn't even have last year. So, really excited to to see where he where he takes his uh, his year this year. Yeah, and actually on Friday night, now that you mentioned it, I actually got to kind of walk. I was walking by uh, behind the the home plate there as he was kind of warming up, and he he threw a uh, he threw a real tight breaking ball. I don't know what he's calling it. I don't know if he's calling it a curveball or a slurve or I don't know what he's calling it, but I know it, it's it it's really hard and it moves. Uh, and by really hard, it's not ninety seven. It's probably you know upper eighties, but it's it it's it's a tough pitch. Uh, and and I saw him throw it, and I remember making a face like, "Oof, that's something." And then I saw him utilize it a few times, and I thought, "Yeah, that's that's really tough to hit." So yeah, it was really good to see. It was really good to see. Definitely. And, uh, you know, looking, uh, looking to see uh, our boy Rafi Bettencourt continue to swing the back good uh, and then the rest of the guys to follow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's all that me and Matt have for tonight. Uh, you know, mark your calendars. We got a four game set coming up starting Friday night. It's going to be a Friday night game. You'll have two games on Saturday um, and then a Sunday night game. Uh, we will be bringing you a breakdown later on in the week. So uh, if you're not following us on um, X or, or Instagram, uh, make sure you're doing that and uh, you know put on the notification so you, so you know when we're posting uh, and you'll know when that when that podcast drops. Um, well, Matt, that's, that's it, bud. All right. Always a pleasure. Always, always. We'll see you all at the red. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.